Did you miss a show? Listen to podcasts from all your favorite ESPN Las Vegas shows at LVSportsNetwork.com. KWWN Las Vegas and KLAV Las Vegas. In the morning, when you need the news that matters most. We have a constitutional right to publish this story. We are the fourth estate, and we will hold the powerful accountable. You need the front page. Wait, what's the fourth estate? Us, the press. And everyone knows that? On the press box. Because I feel like people always say the fourth estate, but they don't actually know what it means. I think everybody knows what it means. I thought the fourth estate was time. That's the fourth dimension. I thought the fourth estate was Georgia. With Graney and Bischoff. No, not state, a state. You thought I was saying we're the state of Georgia? How many Foo Fighters members were ever a part of Nirvana? Oh, I know I know this, right? You guys told me this yesterday. Two. <laughs> I'm trying to think of because they've, they've switched guitarists and then they brought them back. I'll say two. You are both correct. We are up to caller five. Oh Do God. not call now. Don't call call now. at 945 when we have the tickets. Put tally marks on the board okay. so we, so we, we can have to, keep track. We're up to how many? Five. five. We're up to five? Yeah. yeah. Oh, because we both got Alanis Morissette. We, we, you gave well, us Dave two for that? Roth got yeah, Roth. Every, every, every correct answer, regardless of who it comes from, okay. counts. So, yeah, we're up to five. We are killing it. Look at this. Foo Fighter tickets coming up later in the show. Don't call now. Later in the show. It'll be at least caller number five. Front page, though, the Tampa Bay Bucks beat the Giants 30-10 to last night. The Giants' only touchdown in that game, first off, caught by an offensive lineman. But yeah, second that off, was great. The only reason they had the ball inside the 10 is because Mike Evans just dropped a screen pass. Yeah, he volleyballed it up in the air, and the Giants came up with it, and they scored a touchdown to an offensive lineman. Like, how the hell did the Raiders lose to that team? I don't know. I just love the fact that we finally got number 76 is eligible. Number 76, did they actually announce it? I did not have the sound on. I had the sound uh, on the Golden Knights, so I do not know what because they Because every time they've ever announced that, situation. Yeah. yeah, every time they've ever announced that in my life, I'm like, don't announce that because that guy's all he's doing is blocking. I don't know why you're even announcing Throwing that. to him. No, that's actually part of the problem is once they started announcing it, everyone went, all right, well, everybody run at that guy because <laughs> he's suddenly <laughs> eligible. <laughs> Bet it might be a trick play. Hey, Jimmy G tried to throw to a tackle in the end zone on Sunday, and he was like double covered, and Jimmy G still <laughs> tried to throw it to him. Next question. LeBron James. Daniel Jones. More social or more awareness than Jimmy G. LeBron James has been suspended one game for hitting Isaiah Stewart in the face. Stewart got suspended two games for trying to attack LeBron James multiple times after getting hit insane. Uh, Do you feel like either one of those was enough? Too much? What do you think from those? I'm shocked. I shouldn't say I'm shocked. They had to. They had to give LeBron at least one. They play the Knicks. So I thought they'd say, you can play against the Knicks, but you're suspended for the Pacers. <laughs> I thought they maybe would say that to him. We're going um, to take another 24 hours yeah. to decide. And Stuart, I mean, like, and David Ross said, I mean, he went absolutely nuts. I, I mean, he went crazy. I almost wondered if he would be more because he tried to incite things. It's right. one thing to go after him one time. Okay, everyone hold you back. That's fine. Your lips bleeding, your eyes bleeding. You know, maybe the original um, aggression towards LeBron. But, I mean, 
you know, he tries to trick his coaches into going after Gim. <laughs> then he, then I, I don't know who the poor uh, attendant was in the back, but he ran after him through the right. locker room. So that guy probably got tackled. I get okay. I guess because nothing actually happened from them because he got stopped eventually every time. But I just <laughs> I just felt like when you like three times try to go after a guy. Try to go after yeah. him. I don't I felt like it was gonna be more than two yes. games. But again, nothing actually happened because there was multiple teammates and coaches and then the entire Lakers roster that he would have had to get through for anything to actually happen. So I I guess because nothing happened, two games is probably fine. But it just felt like that guy's insane. Out of his mind. And he keeps it. Well, here's the thing. Actually, no, insane's not the right word. He was thinking perfectly clear because multiple times he tricked his teammates and coaches and thinking thinking he was was okay. So he was thinking perfectly clear. He was just like, I've got to get LeBron. This, I have you guys ever tried to break up like a drunken fist fight? I assume not because, you know, you're adults, but no. One of the things that a drunk guy will do is like, no, all right, you're right, you're right, I'm fine. And as soon as you're like, okay, all right, man, he goes, I'm going to kill him! <laughs> and you're like, what? No! Man, you know, that's a great question. Taysom Hill signed a four-year deal. All right, two years, $22 million is guaranteed. But a four-year deal worth $40 million if he plays it out at a minimum. He could make as much as $95 million based on incentives. Basically, if he becomes a starting quarterback, he'll make $95 million over the next four years. Let's ignore that because I don't think Taysom Hill's becoming the starting quarterback for the next four seasons. But let's focus on four years, $40 million for Taysom Hill. These are the moments in sports where you say, oh my God, I want that guy's agent. Because I don't know how he convinced anyone to give him that much money, and he did. He plays less than 50% of their offensive snaps. When he's healthy. When healthy. He plays a handful of special team snaps a game, right? Yes. And they're paying paying $10 million for what is a backup tight end slash gadget guy who can throw it every now and then, or at least make the defense think he might throw it. That's a horrific contract if you're the Saints. And that's a team that's been in salary cap hell for like two straight years. Well, and I want to ask you this because in reading the story today and laughing out loud at the entire thing, they did mention the cap and how it would help them. For for like this season or next season or something because it's an extension. I would still go in salary cap hell and not give him 90 million. Exactly, (laughs) right. Eventually, though, the cap hits are going to come. In the future, but in the short term, because it's an extension, you can push cap money back or whatever. But yes, it's still ridiculously dumb. Ridiculously dumb. Because again, he doesn't play more than 50% of the snaps when healthy. He's a tight end fullback who you snap the ball to a few times a game. throw maybe a few times. That's not worth $10 million. Even, Even if you just said, hey, he's the backup quarterback. We make fun of the Raiders for giving Marcus yeah. Mariota so much money, and Marcus Mariota is an actual quarterback. <laughs> so I, I, it is, it's ridiculous that the minimum there is four years, forty million dollars. At what point do you just go? Can we fire our GM? It's, it's Sean Payton, isn't it? I thought it was Mickey Loomis. Well, no, no, no. I like I, Sean Payton's not the GM, but. Sean Payton's oh, making Sean, this. Sean Payton's John Gruden. Yeah. He I makes mean, all the decisions. Sean oh. Payton's saying, I want Taysom Sean Hill. Sean Payton loves Taysom Hill right. beyond, okay. beyond anything. 
And then you go, okay, we'll, we'll get him for you. $3 million a year. If he's willing to take that, we will make sure he's on this team. But And then Taysom Hill's agent called up Sean Payton, and you said, did you see what they're offering your boy? You got to go talk. All right, Jesus. <laughs> Meanwhile, Sean Payton's like, I don't understand why we can't win consistently. Next question. Does Aaron Rodgers have COVID toe? Okay. Until you guys mentioned it yesterday, I had heard about breathing issues. I'd heard about like severe cold issues and symptoms with COVID. Jared brought us up to speed yesterday. I had no idea this existed So, as a symptom of, of COVID. There's a guy named James Surowicki who tweeted this. Uh, is Aaron Rodgers' toe problem connected to COVID? He has a toe injury. Uh, he said, Roger said it's not turf toe, and it didn't become an issue until after he got COVID. For some people, COVID toe, swollen toes often with lesions, is so painful that they find it hard to wear shoes. I was completely unaware I until I read no this idea. tweet yesterday that COVID toe was a real thing, but apparently it is, and we don't have any confirmation, but it sounds like a logical conclusion that Aaron Rodgers has COVID toe. Okay, like I, I I don't want COVID in any form, and now I don't want it any. I don't want toe. it even more because I don't want COVID toe. I, I want to be able to walk. Um, thank goodness for Jared. I had no I had no clue yesterday. I I thought it was a joke. Like I thought COVID someone toe. was like, yeah, I thought like someone was making that up because Aaron Rodgers and everything with COVID, and like, oh yeah, he's also got a hurt toe, and that must be COVID toe. No idea that exists. Yeah. I it's I didn't either. I but, mean. It could also be that his fiance makes her own medicine and he could be well, having a bad reaction. That was the point here is that Aaron Rodgers, unvaccinated, even though he says he's immunized with what he wouldn't tell us what he did to get immunized. He took ivermectin. He took horse paste and put it up. Should have put it on his toe. But <laughs> had he been vaccinated, he would have been significantly less likely his toe to get have COVID been toe. And now he's playing with a toe injury. I have no idea how long well, COVID toe lasts. Hold on. Have we done the research that the vaccines actually prevent COVID toe? Uh, no, I didn't know COVID toe was real. So I'm going to defer to Joe Rogan on that one. At least he's talking about a doctor. That's true. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, I can't tell you that. Amari Cooper will not play on Thanksgiving against the Raiders. He missed Sunday's game against the Chiefs. He tested positive for COVID. And he is unvaccinated, so that means he's got to be out a minimum of 10 days and will miss two of the Cowboys games. C.D. Lamb suffered a concussion during the game against the Chiefs as well. He's got a clear concussion protocol, which means he's got two days to do so before that Thursday game for the Raiders and Cowboys. There's a good chance the Cowboys are going into this without their top yeah. two wide receivers. Does it give you any hope for the Raiders? Uh... No, I mean, they, they can't score. The problem right now is the offense. I still think the Cowboys put up 17 points and the Raiders haven't scored 17 points in three weeks. So probably not unless something changes drastically for the offense. Unless Amari Cooper is able to like play for the Raiders, <laughs> then maybe, but I don't think that's happening. So not as optimistic about it. CD Lamb confused. Had the concussion puts on the Raiders gear. It's like, yeah, we we want that guy because that guy's really good. Wow, sorry. Um, I got you. Thank you. Sorry, sorry. Oh, Ed, are you worried? The Giants 
signed Anthony Descalfini to a three-year deal yesterday, $12 million per year. They also brought back Alex Wood, two of their starters from last year. They're bringing it back. They're run, They're saying they're going to run it back, no, win the NL West not again. Worried. I'm not, not worried. worried. No, because I think it was kind of a charmed, a charmed season. I, I'm not worried. Fluke. I'm not worried. Season. I 100 percent agree. Po- is Buster Posey going to do that again? Or he all these retired. guys? He retired. So no. It'd be very strange if he yeah. did. The, I, I, Where no were idea. you? Was he on vacation? We, I might have been. No, I, because I played York. his full speech as a like. Yeah, Buster Posey been, retired. No. Oh, yeah. I don't remember playing his speech. I had to be out. Buster Posey retired. I, okay, so he's not going to do that next year. Probably not. That'd be pretty tough. Um, I don't think. Well. I don't think I don't know where Chris Bryant signs. He's a free agent. Yeah. So who knows where he signs? I I haven't even seen him rumored to go back no. to the Giants. So I also think the Giants are regressing very very hard. I would be surprised if they finish ahead of the Padres even next year. Um, but again, we made fun of this last year, and the yeah. one listener we have that's like, "Hey, I'm a Giants fan." He was he got the last laugh kind of. Well, I guess the Dodgers won in the playoffs, but we were wrong about the Giants. Yes, but we were. We're going to do it again this offseason. Giants are no good. It's not happening. All right. Foo Fighters question, Jared. What do we got? What is Pat Smears' real name? That's not oh. a person. What's his name? Pat Smears. Are they trying to make oh. a joke off no, Pat Smears? No, they're not. Oh. Now that you say that, maybe. Oh. Okay, what am I doing here? Am I guessing just a first name? I have genuinely zero context. All right, all right, all right. I will give you. I will give you the list. Hold on, my computer is far away from my microphone. You're giving me a list. I I am very. I'm even more confused now. I'm giving you multiple choice. Okay. All right. Is his real name Patrick Small, George Albert Ruthenberg, George Patrick Inglasius, Patrick Victor Gethin? Okay, guys, we got you know. Um, I mean, I know, I know it, but I, I, I want him to take work, a shot. work it out out loud. Uh, Patrick Victor Gethin. Ruthenberg. Ruthenberg is correct. <sighs> All right, let me put another tally. Do not call now. All right, we're up to six. We're <laughs> oh, giving man, away. We're rolling. We're giving away Foo Fighter tickets in the nine o'clock <laughs> hour. About zero. Don't call now. Foo Fighter tickets coming up later in the show. Yeah, it's always a consideration, especially in a shorter yardage situation. We had one, you know, the previous week where we jumped off sides, but um, we always have, have a plan for Marcus, and, and not only just the short yardage situations, but there'll be other areas in the field that we'll get him involved in, and, and that we have been practicing, and, and uh, hopefully get a chance to unveil here in the latter part of the season. But uh, certainly, uh, those are those are plays that we'll we'll practice and we'll continue to practice. I think it's uh, I don't know, I don't know the right wording for it, but there's definitely a feeling of, you know, enough is enough. You know, we got to win, and uh, we're in the business of, you know, winning. You know, and you know, if you don't win, um, you know, it doesn't feel too good. When you do win, it feels pretty good, and uh, you know, you want to make sure that, um, you know, win or loss, you come in and you're always trying to get better and get better at things you got to get better at. But for us, you know, you know, this is a big game uh, for us, just like they all are. Um, and it's a big game because it's the next game, you know. And what an opportunity for us to get back on track on the road in a hostile environment against a really good football team. It's the press box with Grady and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas, eleven hundred AM and one hundred point nine FM. All right, I need help on this one. I don't know if this is a big deal or if it's just funny, but Paul Gutierrez tweeted this yesterday. 
Somebody mistakenly had Josh Jacobs helmet when the Raiders took the field after the fumble recovery against the Bengals. Hence Peyton Barber getting the first carry of the game. Is that, is that just funny or is that like this team is so dysfunctional that somebody else had Josh Jacobs helmet and their starting running back couldn't be on the field. They lost the kicker at one point. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) when Greg Olson said it and he said it in a very depressing way, I laughed because he's on the zoom. He's like, well, you know, Josh didn't have his helmet for the first play. And I think everyone on zoom, you can't see him in his face because they don't do video. Everyone's probably like. What are you talking about? Like it was, he had to like go back and read the transcript. It's like, did he just say that? I'm going to go with funny because I laughed out loud. The quote, the first play of the game, someone had taken Josh's helmet and accidentally (laughs) put it on their head without realizing it. So we didn't have Josh on the first run of the game. Who took his helmet? Well, I'd like to know how they found it within just one play. That is a good question. Was he screaming on the sideline? Who has my helmet? I mean, who has my helmet? (laughs) Maybe it was Peyton. How do I get in this game? Oh, I know. I'll just steal the starter's helmet. Like, I kind of wish they were sitting here at like seven and three instead of five and five, staring a collapse in the face so we could properly laugh at this. But part of me thinks this is like just a small image into how dysfunctional the Raiders have become because how does your starting running back no. lose his helmet? How does somebody take his helmet? Before the first play of the well, game. Why don't you have your All own right, helmet? All right, guys. Who's got Josh's helmet? <laughs> I mean, why don't you have your own helmet? <laughs> Where did he put it? Yeah, good I question. Mean, where's your helmet, Joe? <laughs> Jeez. That was, that was one of those Zoom moments where you're kind of listening, but you're really not. Yes. And then, and then, then he says something around. like, did he just say that? You go back like, yeah, I did. He said that someone <laughs> took the guy's helmet. It's so bad. I mean, okay. it was also, I guess he felt he had a need to say, because when Jacobs didn't go out for the first play, I literally looked at Vinny. I said, is he out? That, like, I, I had no idea why Peyton Barber was in the game. I, so Josh Jacobs, in all seriousness, Josh Jacobs has struggled. And right. we can point to the offensive line being a big you know, problem and reason why. But Josh Jacobs hasn't been good in terms of, you know, broken tackles, yards no. after contact or anything either. Like it's been, the offensive line is the biggest issue here, but Jacobs hasn't really been good. So I, when Peyton Barber took the first carry, I legitimately thought, oh, this is like that's a yes, coaching that they've decision. Made him, they've made a change. Yeah, I, they, I literally thought that. And then we find out, no, no, they're sticking with Josh <laughs> we find, Jacobs. We find out Daniel Carlson had Josh Jacobs' <laughs> helmet for some reason. <laughs> AJ Cole is over there with it on his hand, going, yes. okay, but so what if I have this and I punch you and, and, I, you, and, have and no you have thumbs. no thumbs? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I think that is the most plausible answer, Jared. <laughs> that AJ Cole was using it as a prop for a fake fight with Trent Seed. He was like, oh, we're on defense first. Josh doesn't exactly. need his helmet. Let me see that, Josh. We're Let's certainly go. not going to get a turnover. <laughs> or, or even worse, yeah, I just found it. <laughs> I was just laying it around. It's going to be my weapon. Well, you don't have thumbs. Okay, what happens if Derek Carr doesn't have his helmet? Well, if somebody well, took his like, helmet. As long as it's a short uh, yardage as situation they, and they don't yeah, jump off sides, Mariota. Uh, Mariota goes in, throws like a 20-yard completion. They say, Derek, just take a second. Take a second. Go over there and find <laughs> your helmet. We'll be okay. Did you get from Olsen's comments? I thought this was – maybe I'm reading way too much into it. But he said, we have other packages that we'll get to later in the season. Saving them for when it counts, yeah, Ed. And I, I was thinking, <laughs> you think you're going 5-8. and eight, and you think eventually you're going to probably go to this guy. When he said, like, later in the season, like, why wouldn't you do it, like, now? Like, what do you mean later in the season? 
You gotta you gotta fall down to maybe five and seven and then have a heroic comeback because Marcus Mariota on third and one is just dominant. Every third and one, Marcus Mariota comes in and it's a first down and the Raiders. I thought can't that be was those were interesting words the way he said it. I'm like, eh, maybe you're thinking that eventually you're gonna have to go to him. Because you know, he did say we have more packages than just the short yardage ones for him. If he hadn't used the word he used the word packages, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. If he hadn't used yes. the word package then I would probably think, oh, maybe he means something about Mariota actually playing quarterback. But when you say package, it implies more well, gimmicky gadget. Hey, it's short yardage. Let's go run And the how option. many plays could they be? there be until they put this guy in the game? Olsen yesterday says, we keep practicing these plays. It's third and one. <laughs> how many plays could you be practicing? It's like he kept saying, we practice them every week. I'm like... Do you have to practice them for 15 weeks to allow this guy to go in the game on third and one? They ran an end around to their slowest wide receiver yeah, God, on third and short. You bring in, the, you, you sorry, you re-sign Zay Jones, and then you bring in Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson, Jackson, and you go, you know who they won't expect? The slow one. The slow guy. The it, problem it was is, the, like the time they ran the screen pass for Jason Witten and went, yeah, it doesn't matter how good the blocking is in front of him. He's not going to get there. Because you could not expect the Brian Edwards end around and still be in position to make the play because he's not the fastest receiver on the team. You're a good point, though. Not as bad as the Jason Witten screen pass. I feel like this had a higher chance of success than, hey, you know what we need? Some yards after catch from Jason Witten. <laughs> they should bring him back. How's his high school team doing? I don't. I don't know how they did. They were in Texas, so probably had some players. But I don't know how he. I don't know how Jason Witten team did. Imagine the leadership that Witten could provide that would prevent them from collapsing down the stretch. Oh, oh locker wait. room, locker room. Oh wait, they had that last year, and it still happened. <laughs> Big Wit might be able to bring him back. What? I mean, what did you, you no, see I that just, catch from Foster Moreau? I didn't yeah. see Jason Witten <laughs> no. doing that. Jason Witten couldn't get that deep. He'd be too, he, couldn't, <laughs> he couldn't run that fast. Well, I mean, as long as we're talking about tight ends, I have some car sound that I, I thoroughly enjoy. If you'd like me to play it. How long is it? It's about, uh, about 15 seconds. Let's go. All right. Derek, uh, the, uh, the wide receivers didn't get a lot of, get a lot of targets and catches today, obviously. Um, is this, uh, what Baron you say? Did, What's that? Darren did, though. Oh, yeah. Yes, he did. Okay. We checked that box this week. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. You found it. <laughs> nice. Good job. Good job. So that is Derek Carr, who apparently doesn't read anything, being upset. Doesn't people, hear anything. That people yeah. say Darren Waller needs to be targeted more. Right. Uh, and then he threw to Dar- Darren Waller four times through the first three quarters of the game and thinks that that counts as yeah. targeting Darren Waller. He threw to Darren Waller some in the fourth quarter when they were down by two scores. But four targets through three quarters is not exactly checking that box. Can't believe Jared found that. I thought that was uh, scratched scrubbed from, from history. Scratched from all scrubbed from all the there, transcripts. And let's audio. just say I had to go through. Uh, I had to go through some channels, and the guy who got it to me, uh, maybe undercover. <laughs> undercover. I like it. All right. Foo Fighters question. All right. Hold on. Let me get it up. What do you mean you're not ready for this? I was just playing sound. Hold on. Which Foo Fighters album features an animal on the artwork? Oh, I don't, I'm not going to know this. I uh, could right. name an album if I'm you... I, is it Foo Fighters? <laughs> In your honor, concrete and gold, there is nothing left to lose. It is Foo Fighters. There's nothing left to lose. 
Okay, we are still at oh. color six. Oh. At Foo <laughs> Next hour, Charles McDonald. Next Second down and two. The snap in a hurry. They want to throw it back. Call it's intercepted. Picked off at the 37-yard line. Look what I found, says Nacho. <laughs> Look what I found. Bring me some cheese, says Nacho. And that's McClendon. Is it McClendon? McClendon, number 96, about 56. Here's the snap. Jones looking to the right, throws the pass upfield. It's deflected, intercepted. Picked off at the 38-yard line. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. Joining us now is Charles McDonald. You can follow him on Twitter at 4Verts. Read his work at For the Win. But Charles, before we get to any football, we need your help. We're giving away Foo Fighters tickets, and we are determining what caller number by asking me trivia and however many I get right throughout the show is what caller number we will take. The key, though, is I know absolutely nothing about the Foo Fighters. So if you hey. can properly answer this question, we'll add another number to the caller that we take later in the show. Okay, I can't, but give it a shot. <laughs> it's multiple choice. You got you got a twenty five percent chance. All that right. was my worst test in school. <laughs> <laughs> Which Foo Fighters album features an animal on the artwork? Is it their self titled album? In your honor, concrete and gold. There is nothing left to lose. Oh God! Uh, say it again, because I'm just gonna I'm gonna take a guess based on what the. <laughs> The album covers are, are the album's the name I mean. All right. F- Foo Fighters, in your honor, concrete and gold, there is nothing left to lose. Uh, I'll go with there's nothing left to lose. Nope. Incorrect. Okay. okay. All right. We That's are, okay. We're at six. Yeah, yeah. We've, been, six. we've been on the air for an hour and a half, and we have gotten six so far. Um, Great bit. Yeah. It's uh, not going well that I because I know nothing about the Foo Fighters. So, um, on the NFL. Let's let's, let's, start. let's transition. Yeah, good transition. Let's start with the Raiders here. Uh, they're 5-5. Five and five. Should we be looking at this team as, wow, this is going to be an unbelievable collapse again, like they've done the last two years, or, man, they're one game out of a playoff spot, a couple good weeks, and they're right back in it? Yeah, I mean, I guess if you want to look at it like that, the second way, you, that's your prerogative is like, a, a, as I would say at this point, probably a little bit of a delusional fan. Uh I, I don't I don't really think that you can blame uh, the Raiders for like this little collapse they've had this season. Uh, I know if I had this amount of things going on in my life, I probably would have called out of work for like a year. Uh, so you know they're going through you know I don't stuff stuff that you really can't even like begin to put a number on. Uh, and then I I think it's just kind of tough. Like you have all these distractions going on, and you start playing like you know, pretty good teams on your schedule, like the Chiefs and the Bengals, and uh, you're going to have to get the Cowboys coming up next week who are, uh, you know, sneakily, like, really in need of a win, or not next week, I guess in a couple of days, uh, who are, like, sneakily really in need of a win to kind of stay atop the NFC and have a chance to the number one seed uh, at the end of the season. I mean, I think this is going to be uh, pretty tough sledding for them because, you know, you just look at the back half of their schedule. You know, you got Cowboys. Uh, Washington, which is you know probably a game you should win. Chiefs, Browns, Broncos, Colts, Chargers. Like that's not really uh, an easy slate to end the season. So I think it's probably going to get a little bit worse from here, which is uh, understandably frustrating given how they started the season. I mean, they've been awful offensively, obviously, and in their losses, they've only averaged 13 points. Uh, 
might sound crazy. Did rugs make any kind of difference to where this is happening? Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know if it's like just rugs, but it's just like the continuity of losing, you know, your play caller and your top wideout, like in a pretty short succession. Like these aren't things that you come into the season having a contingency plan for. Like when the Raiders start the season, all right, well, well, what are we going to do if we lose John Gruden and Henry Ruggs? Well, probably not much after that because you have to kind of fix things on the fly. And, uh, you know, I, I still think that Deshaun Jackson will be uh, a positive contributor for this team, but, like, it's not just a one-to-one, uh, you know, transaction to me. Like, I know that that, that is kind of Henry Ruggs' thing where uh, he's a big deep threat and he's going to make plays down the field, but you still got to give Deshaun Jackson time to kind of get there and get acclimated into the offense. And just like the truth of an NFL season is, if you're doing that at this point in the season, it's probably not going to be uh, that beneficial for you. Because, you know, one of the things that makes the NFL so captivating and frustrating at the same time is that there are only 17 games, uh, and you play 10 of them. And right now, if you're going to try to get back into the playoffs, you got to fight uphill. And trying to get someone to build chemistry with your offense and learn the plays and get how everything is going when you need him at the most is, is honestly just a tough task for uh, Deshaun Jackson and the entire Raiders team. Uh, do you believe Aaron Rodgers has COVID toe? Uh, well, to be honest, like I, I'm not really sure what that is. So like I've seen people say it and I, I'm one of those people who gets distracted really easily. So I'm like, Oh, I should look up what COVID toe is. I probably said that to myself. Like, don't Google it. No, 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 don't Google it. Don't do it. It doesn't look pretty. It's like a Fournier situation where you just don't want to. Yes. Yes, That is exactly what it is. Evan Fournier. Don't Google his last name. Same, same exact thing. Yeah. Okay. Then I'll take your word for it that uh, he's probably not doing too well, but you know, I I think it's kind of funny that just in general, that we just kind of undersell like the potential impact that these guys coming back uh, from COVID can can have on them. Like, uh, you know, because I feel like with football, you, you get such this, you know, you got to get back. You got to, can't let your team down, can't let the city down, can't let the fan base down, blah, 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 that we kind of forget that, you know, these guys are getting sick with like a disease that's killed like almost, or maybe more than 800,000 Americans right now. So maybe just give Aaron Rodgers a couple weeks to get back. And I think we saw, uh, at least on Sunday, he's starting to get back to his old self. Well, his coach must have known he had a sore toe because he wouldn't take a timeout with 30 seconds left and he iced a kicker, um, not to give him any chance. I mean, when those things happen, do you get frustrated? Do you yell at TVs or do you understand it? Uh, I mean, I tend to laugh. Uh, but, I mean, I'm 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 brain poisoned as Falcons fan. Like, I, my brain <laughs> going through misery. I'm like, <laughs> hey, welcome back to the gutter, guys. It feels good, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, you got a lot of winning, but, you know, you do something stupid at the end of the game. That's what I go through every week. So I don't feel bad. I just kind of laugh because I'm wallowing in misery all the time. Do you enjoy the Falcons playing on Thursday and getting that misery out of the way before Sunday? No, because everyone gets to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely hate when, you know, the Falcons, on prime time because you know usually when it's at like one o'clock like you kind of slink past it without too much shame and really the only people that are watching are fans of the opposing team but when it's on thursday night i mean everyone gets to watch it and i know it's always bad because like noon before the game even starts my phone starts blowing up a little bit hey you, you watching the falcons game tonight oh they're playing the patriots you remember that super bowl yeah i remember that super bowl it just shell with my life for months at a time so uh, yeah, I don't like when the Falcons play on national television because everyone gets to see. And then, you know, 
there was a backlash of it because I was traveling home to Charlotte, Panthers country, where uh, my folks live for the holidays, and I got in uh, on Saturday, and, you know, I did the hastily, oh, God, I got way too drunk the night before. I need to hastily pack in the morning, and I have to be wearing the Falcons hat I was wearing the night before. Uh, big mistake because some little kid comes up to me, pokes me on the shoulder, hey, uh, you watch that game on Thursday? <laughs> yeah, well, I, 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 why? And this kid just unprompted goes, you should root for a new team. They stink, dude. Uh, and, I mean, what can I say to that? I got nothing for him. So I just said true, and then I called my Uber home, and I got a beer as soon as I got home because I got home so hard little 10-year-old kid. I love that. Some kid coming up and ripping the team. Yeah. Poor Falcons fans. Um, can you help explain Taysom Hill's contract to us? I I don't understand. <laughs> Me, I, it's like <laughs> you. Know, so well, I think my my friend buddy or my my buddy Justice, uh, he put it to me perfectly yesterday. Where basically anywhere any way that you you cut it, this is a massive overpay because you know even paying Taysom Hill like one of the top tight ends in the league doesn't make a whole lot of sense because it's not like he's providing you know the value of someone in that ilk like a Darren Waller. Like that that doesn't make any sense. Uh, and, you know, it seems like to me, or the way Justin described to me was, <laughs> the, the, the Taysom Hill just kind of wants to masquerade and pretend that he's going to be able to play quarterback at some point. So the Saints would be like, yeah, dude, but sure, if you're quarterback for the next four years, we'll give you $100 million. Just, just find your name, dude. Like, just <laughs> find your name. If you, if you, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll throw it in your, con- in your contract so you can get a deal where it's valued from $40 million to $95 million. Like, wh- what is that? Like, a quote-unquote hybrid deal, he's not seen any of that money. Uh, so, you know, I think to even just look at it as a $95 million deal is like kind of a waste of time. So even if you just take it as, well, like five years, $40 million, four years, $40 million, still a ridiculous overpay because, you know, I think he's a useful player, but for some reason he has just been able to squeeze money out of that franchise that I don't think he'll be able to do anywhere else. All right, quickly, Forrest, I think we've asked you this every week for the last, like, four or five weeks. Who's the best team in the AFC? Uh, I mean, I went Bills, and I was feeling bad, and then I was feeling good after they beat the Jets last week. And now, uh, honestly, I am tempted to run back with the Chiefs. Like they seem to kind of have figured this thing out. Uh, I think the Titans have always been kind of funny money, and the injuries are starting to pile up, and you just kind of see how broken that team is. Uh, you know, we, I think you know, geez, look at the numbers with the Titans. I think they're a little bit overrated in terms of that uh, eight and three record, and the Chiefs, like. The whole thing with the Chiefs was like if they can just get to a point where they're not playing like the worst defense of all time and they stop turning the ball over, they can kind of get back to winning football games. I think that's what's happened over the past couple of weeks. Like you can only hold down Mahomes and Hill and Kelsey for so long, and uh, they just had to stop playing like literally one of the worst defenses they've ever seen. I think they're back to being a Super Bowl contender. Well, he is Charles McDonald from For the Win. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Four Verts. Charles, uh, avoid as many ten year olds as you can this week. I will do that as best I can. Thanks, man. <laughs> How about the 10-year-old? Getting That's trash awesome. talked by a 10-year-old. <laughs> That's why Tyler does not want to have children. Well, I would enjoy it if, like, my kid was trash-talking adults about their favorite <laughs> sports teams. You'd probably teach them to do yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. But... You'd probably be at the supermarket going, all right, I want you to go up to that guy wearing that hat and just get right at his face and go, Angels suck! <laughs> be great it'd be wonderful getting trash talked by a kid all right next foo fighters question what was the name of chris 
Shiflet's 2019 solo, solo album. That's oh. a dangerous last name. Yes, I went. Uh, there was there was a lot lack of confidence. I in, was right here on the button. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Am I getting multiple choice? Yes. All right. Hard lessons, hard times, <laughs> tough lessons, <laughs> still learning. All right. Hard uh, lessons. Tough times. It is hard lessons. Yeah, let's go. You're at the seven. I mean, are, is there any chance you're going to say a double-digit number? It's possible. Yeah, I mean, if they get easier. Wow. We got, we got two shots at every single one. It's going very well. Oh, Thanksgiving turkey's going to taste a hell of a lot better. I don't drink wine or I would. I, that would taste pretty good, too. Better seeing you with a smile on your face this week. Yeah, we play better. Tom, better for all of us when we play better. Better for our quality of life. Well, in reference to any kind of body language or anything at the end of the game, I'll handle the corrections we got to make. All right? But as a player... There's some things I'd be frustrated too with as well. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Ed, who's playing quarterback for UNLV in the season finale? Justin Rogers. Sounds like Who it. Who else? Uh, so yesterday, uh, Marcus Arroyo talked to the media when asked about Cameron Friel's health. He left last weekend's game with an injury. He said they were awaiting word. They were hoping to get more information later on Monday, which by the way, this is totally anecdotal. I'd have to go back and actually look at this. I feel like they get a lot of injury updates Monday after the press conference and not Monday (laughs) before the press conference, but they were awaiting word on Cameron Friel's injury, which means with Doug Brumfield already out for the season, Justin Rogers would be the starter. Marcus Arroyo, when uh, asked by Steve Cofield said that, True freshman Matthew Geating would be the backup quarterback if Cameron Friel is unable to go. Geating was a three-star recruit in the 2021 class. We have not seen him play at all. And then when asked about Tate Martell, Marcus Orio said he's still dealing with a medical issue. The hell happened to Tate Martell? He didn't play enough to have a medical issue. <laughs> He had that surgery before the season, but then he played, so I just assumed he, he was hurt okay. his. It was his foot, right? He hurt something he hurt his hand. when he played. No, his hand was before the season. That's what I mean. Then yeah, he okay. played. He got hurt during the oh. season. But it's been like un, no updates, no specifics, just medical issue. Is there still the old rule that if this kid comes in, he burns a retro ear? Who? The true freshman? Yeah. No, you can play four games. Okay, and, and, I was going to say, yeah. you don't have this poor kid. Now, listen, the last game of the year is against Air Force. You might have to play, and then we're, you're done for the year. We're like, two what? and nine. We really need you to get in there exactly. and win it for us. No, no, you can play four and still be redshirt. Okay. So they All can right. play. So he can play the whole Matthew game if he yes, wants to. He can play the whole game, and it would be no issue. They could do that for any of their freshmen. That Anybody who hasn't played, they could do that in this game and be perfectly fine because you get as many as four. So... It sounds like Justin Rogers is going to be the quarterback for UNLV. And I'll say this. If it's Justin Rogers that we saw against San Diego State, UNLV might cool. win this game. If it's Justin Rogers we saw at any other point in this season, Air Force is winning by like five touchdowns. No, they're catching 20, so you're almost near seems there. really high, right? It seems, I mean, it seems high for a team that does nothing but run the ball. Right. Like, and I mean, the game goes pretty fast when you play Air Force. It's hard to really, although they've done it this year, so I, I guess I shouldn't say that. They have beaten people pretty badly. But, I mean, if you play competitive competitive at all against them the way they play, yeah. losing by more than 20 is kind of hard to do. Right, and UNLV's probably the best 
part of the entire team this year. Well, Charles Williams is. So the second best thing of the entire team this year is probably the run defense. Yeah. That's probably, I mean, yeah. their, their past defense, their secondary's gotten beat, right? But like the run defense has been solid. Like it's not worst in the conference. It's kind of middle of the road in the Mountain West. So I know facing the triple option isn't the same as facing just a team that lines up and hands it off or sure. runs the zone. They're, or they're even, different, obviously. even a zone read. But it's still like, if I if you were to say, hey, the opponent is going to run the ball every snap instead right. of the opponent's going to pass the ball every snap. I feel a lot better about UNLV's chances. I will say the last time this season they played a triple option team, they gave up a 75-yard run because they just missed the dive. Now, true. to be fair, New Mexico, I think that was the second week they had been running the triple option. Like, New Mexico changed in the middle of the season, and their offense is still horrific, and Air Force is significantly better than New Mexico. But even, like, if you go through some of their results, like, yes, they put up 41 against Nevada yes, in uh, what they went to triple overtime, and they put up 35 on Colorado State, but they went to overtime against Army. They only scored 14. They only scored 14 against San Diego State. They put up 24 in a win over Boise State, 24 in a win over Wyoming, like, 23 and a win over Navy. Like they do have some big scores on here, but they've got a lot of games where they win, where they score in the twenties and they hold you in the teens and they uh, win. And I, and I feel like that's the most likely scenario. Sort of see them having a good chance holding them in the teens. Yeah. But I feel like the, it's probably like a 27, 17 right. air force win. And, and, and it feels like a blowout. It feels like UNLV never has a chance. Cause whatever air force has the ball for 70 minutes of a 60 minute game. But it, I don't know. It's, I feel like it's hard to get to 20 unless Justin Rogers comes in and throws like three picks and it's like, Oh, air force has the ball at the UNLV 20 to start Four straight times. Drive. Yeah. So I don't know. 20 seems like a lot for and a UNLV team who hasn't gotten blown out that much either.